You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hi, Beck. What's today's show about? Today we're going to talk about reincarnation. Oh, I love it. Before understanding the concept of life after death, we need to learn that nothing in this world ends for good, not even after death. Only the perishable body is destroyed while the soul is around forever. That's what I believe. What about you? I believe that. I'm not sure about reincarnation exactly, but I'm not opposed to it. Well, what is reincarnation? Well, on Wikipedia, it says reincarnation, also known as rebirth or transmigration, is the philosophical or religious belief that the non-physical essence of a living being begins a new life in a different physical form or body after biological death. I believe it. I'll tell you why I believe it. Because I've experienced it in this life. But not until recently. (laughs) I didn't ever know what to think of it. But I'll get into that later. Okay. Let's just talk about the major religions that hold a belief in reincarnation. So they come in through Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, and Sikhism, all of which arose in India. 25% of Christians believe in reincarnation. Are you one of them? Mm, I'd like to point out that reincarnation is the definition coming from Hinduism. Coming back is also lower life forms. And you could be a bug or whatever. No, you know? I don't believe it. Yeah, no, so I don't. <laughs> and and for, the, for that definition, I don't believe it. And like we've talked about this before, if you tinker with the word in the definition and call it pre-incarnation, that's something that I can work with. You can get behind that. Yeah. But that's because it's been kind of hinted at in the Bible. Yes. I think that there are signs of it in the Bible. One, there's uh, Jesus. There's hints to him that, you know, that he's pre-incarnate. He existed before. And I feel like he's our example. He's, you know, I believe that he's God. He's part of the Trinity. So... If he came here to show us the way, the truth, and life, if he is a form of a pre-incarnation, and I, I get, you know, he's a divine person, but we share in that, maybe that's the possibility. I don't know, you know, because I don't, I've never had an experience personally that I believe that I was reincarnated. You've had to have a dream or something. <clears throat> I've had dreams where I feel something about it is different. There was one that was reoccurring that had to do with a camper or like a mobile home or some type of thing. Tell us about it. So I kept on having a recurring dream that our family had this. We went on trips with it and it felt very real. And when I tell my mom, what happened to the camper that we had? And she'd laugh like we didn't have one. And like, no, I know we had one. I was so convinced. So I don't know if that's a dream or if that's something popping in from a past or whatever. Or maybe you watched Christmas Vacation one too many times and you thought you were part of cousin eddie's family (laughs) and then there's those deja vu moments where you you go to a place and you're like why do i feel like i've done this before i've been here before and you've never been there you're like i've never been to this place so those are weird moments that you're like why is that happening so where does that come from then if if i don't know i mean i would tie that into reincarnation i feel like maybe you had been there before and you're getting a past life glimpse flash i don't know I, i have no idea to me, it's like, it's not clear enough, but people who've, you know, had organ replacements, people have transplants. And then the person who had the transplant of maybe the heart or the liver or whatever, is all of a sudden having cravings for foods that they've never wanted, having dreams about the person is doing things and liking things that they never liked before. And so when they finally meet the family of the donor, 
they're saying this was his favorite food. This was his favorite music. He loved motors. Like this one woman I remember hearing, she, I think she was having dreams of motorcycles. And I think that's how he died. Like she didn't know anything about that person. Though she took in his DNA. And you wonder, is some of it like some sort of memory that's coming through our like DNA? Like a muscle memory. Yeah, like, but, like but a cellular again, memory. Art, like somebody that likes music, how can that get into your muscle memory? Isn't that something that comes from the soul? Like taste is subjective, right? Some people love opera. and Yeah, taste, but I think talent too. Like talent. I don't think that could be embedded into the muscle memory. I think it's genetic. I think the, the way that, you know, you're like, I, I have tons of musicians in my family, tons. And then you see Jess and I pop out and we're oriented more towards music, you know? Interesting. Because what if you chose to incarnate into a musical family in order to use your gift of music. I mean, to me, it's one of those things I feel like I'm going to find out if that's true. I went to a reading once. It was a circle reading with psychics and mediums, and my brother was with me and my mother. When it came to my brother, they had said, now my brother, by the way, is a drummer, fantastic drummer. And when they got to him, they said, you know, you were born into these specific genetics because my father is a great guitarist and you were born into these specific genetics in order to carry out your passion of being a drummer and in your past life you were a tribal drummer and so that was something rhythmically part of his soul and he had to come in through this dna in order to express that now if he was brought in through the dna of a doctor and a lawyer would he be able to express his soul's abilities in this incarnation I don't know the answer. I think it's a good question. What actually opened my mind a little bit more was reading a book. I think his name's Bob Cramner or Cramer. But he wrote a book called The Demon on Brownsville Road. Basically, he was obsessed with this house as a child. He eventually bought it and brought his wife. They had a family. But it was so apparently haunted that he had to go to a priest to get help. So this priest knew someone that was like a mystic. Or, you know, some people might call him a psychic. In the Catholic Church, we call him a mystic. And she was Catholic. So when she got a view, she never went to the house. And she actually described the whole house to Bob so that he's like, no doubt, knew. She could see. She said she could see everything, like in her mind's eye. And then she said the reason why you're having these problems are this, this, and this. One, there was a major like battle there with Native Americans. And I think she believed that there might have been some sort of curse because of their hatred towards the Europeans and that it opened up some negative energy in that that area. Like a portal. Yes. And then the other thing that happened there, and there could have been more, but I only remember these two, was there was two doctors that worked in this house, basically had an illegal abortion clinic. So obviously back then, if a woman needed to have that done, it was illegal and, you know, it happened. But basically the girl who went died. Uh, She must have bled to death or something, you know, with the procedure. So a girl went in to have the procedure, and she and her baby died. Yes, they died. Okay. The psychic had said that the mother that died, she was basically given the mission to remain in that house until everything ended. And she goes, and it ends with you. She goes, you were sent by God to end this cycle of negativity and close the door to the demonic. And she said, but you are her son. Now, this is coming from a Catholic and even the priest has said, I know we don't believe in reincarnation, but, you know, goes, I would just accept what she says because, you know, it makes sense somehow. And that was the mission of her child that was 
taken away. You well, know, plus was, you said he was drawn to that house. He was so drawn to that house. And he never, his basis of the book has nothing to do with reincarnation. It has to do with his childhood that led to his, uh, you know, talk about the house, his obsession with it, his career, and then getting the house, moving in, and then going through hell. Then ending it. He actually, with, you know, the help of prayers and everything, it ended. I think he still remains at the house now. I'm not really... So it was Super like a certain. divine thing that happened. So yes. that it, would, it was like full circle. It was a full circle of something, you know, and and I think that's the amazing thing about we don't know everything that's out there. No. I do believe that God is merciful and that if he's got a plan, he's got a plan and it's going to work out the way that he sees it. It's hard for us to see things down here, you know, yeah. we, can't, we can't see everything. And I think it's better to have an open mind than be like, no, it's not. It's not, you know, the, the theologian said no. And I think you got to look at certain things or, you know, people's experiences and go, wow, that's that's really something, you know. I find reincarnation absolutely fascinating because there's so many layers like an onion. A lot of the time, let's say most of the time, people that remember past lives are children. They come back and they have memories of their past lives that are so vivid and they tell their parents and they can be checked this person existed at this time. There's story after story after story about that. In fact, I have one. An anonymous reader of the Epic Times shared a story in which her three-year-old son told her that he liked his new daddy, even though the reader's husband was his biological father. Confused, the mother asked, why? And he replied, my old daddy was really mean. He stabbed me in the back and I died. But I really like my new daddy. He'd never do that to me. Hmm. Out of the mouth of babes. Yeah. Where would that come from? Yeah. 18-month-old Gus Taylor's grandfather, Augie, had died a year before Gus was born. However, according to Lispers, the year-and-a-half-old Gus claimed that he was his own grandfather. When he was four, he was able to identify Augie in family photographs, even though he had never seen the man in real life. This might not sound like much, but it gets weirder. Years before Augie's sister was murdered and her body was dumped in San Francisco Bay, no one in the family had ever spoken of this to Gus. And consequently, everyone was shocked when Gus started talking about his dead sister. Hmm. I've heard lots of stories like that. I went through a whole bunch of them on here. There's something to this. I think so. I think when, when you think about space and time and all these different things, we go through a series of change on this earth, like measurable change. But there's really no such thing as time and, and eternity. We're always living in the now. And I, I always feel like uh, you hear about people's experiences that like when they've had like, um, a, like a death experience and they go into meet God or they see something about heaven. They said it's so like all like how everything comes together. It just seems like it's just so much bigger than we can possibly think that there's something there's more mystery to it. There's more things happening than we really realize. So to me, I'm, it's, I'm very open to it. But I don't say I definitely believe in the sense of, it's just I haven't had the experience, I should say. Okay, well, maybe I yeah. can help you to believe. Yeah, tell us your story. I know you have a story coming. Okay, well, you know more than anyone that when I was a child, I used to sleepwalk, but I also used to sleep talk. And not only did I sleep talk, I'd sleep sing. <laughs> And I would also sleep talk in multiple languages. And in your underwear. All the time. <laughs> I was one of those naked hippie girls that just liked bottoms. 
quite a few times, quite a few times, I would be caught speaking languages that were considered to be German, Latin, French. My mother would go to great lengths to explain how it would freak her right out in the morning. That's happened to me when I've stayed at your house. You sang, sat up and just sang. Yeah. I don't even know what you're singing, but... And I used singing. to not understand that. Was I usually actually think, is there a spirit jumping in my body and using me as a vehicle? I mean, I actually thought maybe that was part of the sleepwalking problem. And it probably could be. I mean, maybe there was. I was open in my sleep and I was allowing things to come in and, and maneuver me around. But I just, it was really odd. But also, I was just kind of an old soul as a kid. I was smart. Like Mensa smart. I was reading full books by three. Uh, very logical, critical thinker. A no bullshit kind of girl. You know that. Mm -hmm. Still am. And I think... It was around 2010 when I was at my cousin's house and I was using a ghost box in his basement. And as I was listening, I heard the name Edgar come through. Now, I just assumed this name Edgar was a very odd name, <laughs> didn't fit into the time. And I assumed that this Edgar character came from the neighborhood or was part of the house that my cousin resided in until I started renovating this house and I'm currently in. And I had set my ghost box down on the counter and clear as day Edgar came through again <laughs> and my brother heard this and goes Edgar now I wrote about this in my book and I'm not going to get real into depth about it because we have a guest coming on in a couple weeks that this story is going to tie into that I was smart enough to take the names that I was aware of that had Edgar in them Edgar Casey Edgar Allan Poe and I put them into a ghost app, a phonetic generator app. And when I asked Edgar to talk to me <laughs> and pick the name, if it was associated with him, it kept coming up Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe. Then he started calling me his wife. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> and then he called me Virginia. That's weird. I went and I started Googling. Edgar Allan Poe's wife, Virginia Clem. Okay. <laughs> this is odd. I do not know what to think of this. I have a spirit coming through, name Edgar, calling himself Edgar Allan Poe, and he's calling me Virginia, his wife. He's poetic. He's talking to me in poems. Weird. Okay. <laughs> things start unfolding through time. Little things. I, I don't know how to explain it, except to call it like soul retrieval. And I start having flashes. This didn't happen to me as a kid. This happened after this communication started. So now I'm having flashes. I'm having flashes of coughing up blood. Consumption. Tuberculosis? Yeah, is it tuberculosis or is it, uh, is that the name of it? TB? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm having flashes of that. I'm having flashes of the Victorian era. I'm just having these weird little glimpses of things and I just thought okay well maybe maybe it's because I'm I'm talking to this ghost and I don't I don't know what in the hell's going on but as time evolves I start realizing that there's something to this there's something to this and I start really researching this and you would think okay well you're reading about it and you're researching about it so maybe you're just taking these things on but there were things that were unexplainable to me like why i had this incessant need to play the piano since i was a child and we couldn't afford a piano because we were poor and i would beg my family can you give me lessons could you buy me a piano could you buy me a keyboard 
We couldn't afford it. Why the piano? Why? I don't know. My father was a guitarist. Why wouldn't I want to play the guitar? Strange. My brother was a drummer. (laughs) Why wouldn't I want to play the drums like him? I had an aversion to poetry. I despised it in my teenage years. My friends used to read poetry books and talk about all the poets, and I'd be like, eh. I'm with you on that one. Oh, God, enough. Never liked poetry. (laughs) I just didn't care. But yet, I loved when people wrote about me. And then even weirder, (laughs) my family's names in this life were the same as the names in Edgar's life, in Virginia's life. My grandmother's name was Francis. His mother's name was Francis. It just kept going. It just kept going. My family was from New England, the Massachusetts area. His family was from New England. In my incarnation with him in that lifetime, we traveled and lived throughout New England. Just weird. And the the more I went through talking with him daily and feeling him over my shoulder and urging me to write. I never was a writer. I never felt like a writer. Apparently I am. It's not my favorite medium. He pushed me to write a book. He helped me. He would say the most beautiful words in my ear. (laughs) More of a mental image, not so much as an actual auditory thing. But these things all combined... into a medium that I really trust. And as I'm sitting with her, she says, do you know there's this beautiful woman standing next to you? She's got a big Victorian hat on and she is a force to be reckoned with. Do you know that that's you? What are you talking about? I'm sitting right here. What is going on? You did what's called a soul retrieval. You brought a piece of your soul through for a specific reason. You were a light and an anchor in a past life. And there was Edgar standing there too. And I realized this is legitimately happening. I brought forth a past life into this life. And in that past life, I was poor. And in this life, I was poor. And there were all these parallels playing out. And here I am (laughs) thinking I'm going crazy. She told me about a few other past lives, one being a Catholic priest. Well, I've always had an aversion to religion. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I dislike religion in any way. I just guess I was a little disillusioned when I crossed the veil. And I was a boat maker in Hawaii. I made these boats as a woodworker. Now, how did you find that one out? Through the same woman. Hmm. She gave me a few lifetimes. And what's crazy is every medium I ever saw, every psychic I ever saw, I would ask about my past lives. And none of them would give me a past life. None of them. This woman did. And this woman hit the nail on the head. And this is the woman I trust the most. Still to this day, I would go see her. So this stuff resonated with me because lo and behold, I am a woodworker in this life. And Virginia Clem that married her cousin, Edgar, at the age of 13, loved to play the piano. So there were all these similarities and strange things that were undeniable to me. And what's cool is 
in a few weeks, I am going to be interviewing somebody who has Edgar Allan Poe as her spirit guide and shared a past life with him. So not only did I share a past life with him and have him around me all the time because, Steph, as you know, when I turn on my ghost box, who comes through? Yeah, no, I hear Ed all the time come through. And what did he say to us today? Tacos. Tacos, because we got some Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) I believe. I I wouldn't have believed, or I might have been, it's not that I wouldn't have believed. I might have been more skeptical if I didn't experience this for myself. But then I started thinking, there must be some sort of genetic line that this happens with. They say we have a soul family of like-minded souls. And we come into these incarnations to learn as a soul family. We take on different roles. We might play the father or the mother next life or the child or the sibling. And we take on these different roles to learn every lifetime, to evolve, to grow our souls, to reach higher levels. Mm -hmm. And so we come in and we have these hard, you know, we're paying off karmic debts maybe from our last lifetime. You know, maybe this lifetime we've got pain or disease that we're working through. And maybe that's because of something we did in our past life. I don't know. But it does resonate. It does feel to me that this may be the case. And with all of the stories out there, I would think there's something to merit this. I agree. I think there's some people just have some remarkable stories. And of course, you know, everyone with spiritual stories, they are very difficult to prove. Like how you could only judge by, I guess, looking at the circumstances. A lot of them are kids. Kids can be imaginative, but they're also very honest, too. Yeah. So I think those are very telling, and I think that your story is very telling. It's not something I worry about. Well, you know, no. I, don't, I never think about, what was I? Well, I don't think you should you know? worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just something that's not on my mind. I don't really think about reincarnation, but like I said, it's like I'm slightly open to it, and I trust what you say. How would you explain, from your perspective, Mm-hmm that Edgar comes through my spare box that you hear with your own ears. Oh, I know. I hear it. It's, it makes me wonder, like I don't ever like anyone's personal beliefs and their experiences. They're their own. I'm not going to challenge them on that. And I think, you know, him coming through and hearing it over and over, he comes through probably the most. Yeah. It is like something to wonder about, you know, like I, I really am blown away by it. So you know, for me, you know, I'm hoping, this is my hope for myself. That I will never be reincarnated. I don't want to. <laughs> Stop. At all. Who wants to come back? No, I, I know. I, I keep saying, I hope this is my last go I around. I want it because... to be my last. I don't want to come back. But you know what? There's also this. This adds into it. I think we have this insatiable need of physicalness when we're there. So, like, we're there. Things are great. We're full of love. We have everything we need, right? Mm -hmm. Except those things we don't have, like delicious foods. What? You don't think we get those in heaven at all? I think it's an essence. I don't think it's an actual physical food. And I don't think we get sex and drugs and rock and roll. (laughs) I think we are getting angels and tones and essences of food and we're getting unconditional love, but we're not feeling that primalness. And we come back to this earth and we say, I want to taste it. I want to <laughs> drink it. I would think that God is enough and you feel fulfilled when you get there. God's, Jesus said, I've, he goes, I've built you a mansion in heaven. We're going to be pimping in We heaven. are going to be big pimping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know we're going to be pimping. And that's funny, too, because, you know, I get 
relatives and friends that come through my spirit box. And one time, Steph and I's mutual good friend came through and said, you know, I'm here with your aunt in the hot tub waiting for you. We got a bottle of champagne and we're waiting for you to come and DJ. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, there's hot tubs in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know even if she said heaven, but we're in a hot tub here. And it's like, well, what is this place? Because um, I want to go. I don't have a hot tub here. <laughs> So I'll go there if there's a hot tub, but well, I'm glad, Steph, you're open-minded to it. And I yes. think we all kind of need to be open-minded to it. I think if you really self-examine things within your own life, the deja vus, the dreams, mm -hmm. the possible maybe memories you had as a child that make absolutely no sense, maybe that does mean something. Maybe it's just fragments. And I don't think we're meant to have those because how could we live our lives the way we're supposed to if we're constantly living in the past? So... When we're born, we're cleansed of that. But maybe there's particular cases where you're retrieving that for a reason. These children may have been murdered, and they never found the murder in the past life. Yeah, I've read those. I've read those stories where they were born. So I was murdered, and they went and looked for the murderer, found them. Yep. One of them that I read even confessed to the murder eventually because this little boy is after him. Yeah. Unfinished business. But instead of being a ghost, you crossed that line mm -hmm. and then you came back. You didn't just hang around. As well, it seems like there's a place for everybody. There's a reason why there's ghosts. Why don't they, why are they stuck? You know, why are they, you know, and then there's what we call purgatory. It's like a, it's a place that you go before heaven. And that's kind of like a place that you have to repair. You have to learn to love God. It's really, it's a place that you're learning to love God. Uh, because you, you know, were a good person, but you didn't really love God. So that's basically what you know, I, I've been taught purgatory is. And it, it's somewhat of a suffering, but it's a it's a suffering of love. And you learn that. Then you get to the, the final destination. So there's layers. I think there's layers. Like I an think onion. All, yeah, I think it's, it could be so many different things. I've heard theories of us living many lives at once. And that time isn't intersecting we're living in the past as well as the future at the same time i've heard theories that our bodies could not handle our full soul being seated in our body so therefore we have our higher self or an aspect of ourselves that always hangs back mm -hmm. because if it was to join and come in as a full soul our bodies would not be able to handle that i've heard all sorts of weird stuff yeah i've been told that you can pray for someone in your past for their mission. So think of someone who's had a mission that's already dead. Yeah. Right? Say it's Mother Teresa. She's dead. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for Mother Teresa's mission. How do you do that? There's no time. So if there's no time, you basically can pray for someone, even though her life's already been fulfilled and, and she passed away. But you can still pray for that mission because somehow it still exists. It makes sense. I yeah. mean, I still don't understand the concept of the soul retrieval. This woman seeing me sitting beside me, how is that possible? Yeah. Was that me as Virginia sitting next to me in that Victorian hat? Was that an image of me? Was that like a picture, a snapshot in time? Or was that actually me sitting there saying, hey, I came back because this girl has something she needs to do or say or prove whatever the case. And I need her to know that this is real. I questioned it. Mm -hmm. Like you feel crazy. It's like admitting that your house is haunted. Yeah. A lot of people are terrified of admitting that. Right. Or admitting that they've had encounters with the demonic. 
Or aliens, like the whole thing with aliens, like I would never probably tell anybody. I wouldn't either. I've thought about that because I think they get lambasted the worst. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're crazy. Yeah. You're telling me you were abducted. You're telling me, you know, you bored. Even when I hear it from people that are very well accomplished, like when we had Dr. Margaret on. Yeah. I was kind of like, whoa, you know. But who who am I to judge, honestly? (laughs) I mean... Look at what I'm saying. I'm saying I was Virginia Clem, which is also really embarrassing to say that I freaking married my cousin. (laughs) This is some Jerry Lee Lewis shit going on here. Great balls of fire. I know. That's so weird. Right? The weird parallel. I have a cousin named Sean and we were like really close growing up and we used to do everything together and Mm -hmm. people would say, is that your boyfriend? Is that your girlfriend to him? And we'd be like, ew, no, that's my cousin. And I'd get super defensive of it, you know? And then I'm thinking back to, but I married my cousin in my past life. (laughs) (laughs) And I know this still happens today. I know that there are people that still marry their first and second cousins. Well, a friend of mine, I didn't, I knew them for years. Now they're a lot older. I think the woman is still alive that I'm, was friends with but she's probably in her 80s husband died they're from lebanon and the whole time i knew them i thought you know nothing of them and then they're like oh they said well he's my cousin they're third cousins okay i still think that's close it's too close more distant than first yeah <laughs> i'm like whoa i know i know <laughs> things are weird i understand if you're from like a little village or i think back to even the 1800s when i was with edgar it was probably not that big of a population out there. You know how I'm not married now? I don't even date anybody. Maybe I was a man in my past life and I had like 40 wives in Africa. Oh, you could have. <laughs> and I was like, I've had enough. You're like, this lifetime is no children, <laughs> no men, nothing. <laughs> Gotta stay celibate. <laughs> hey, I thought about these weird things too. I thought about, you know, it's weird what goes through your head when you when you definitively know you've been reincarnated like myself. You start thinking, I didn't have children in that life, and I died at like 24, and in this life I didn't have children. I figure, what what if I get double the lifetime this lifetime? Hmm. Another thing I think about is the fact that her birthday in my past life as a Virginia is the same birthday as Barbie's. Shout out to Barbie. Wow. Our number two fan. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Barbie. You're going to have to work a little bit harder. You are. I'm sorry, but Julie... (laughs) Took the number one spot. (laughs) Well, Steph, I think we covered a lot of things. A lot of personal issues on my end. Yeah. (laughs) Now the world knows. So what do you think? Should uh, Should I ask our upcoming guest about her relations with Eddie? Yeah. You have to understand how weird this is for me. It is. I mean, it's unusual like it's it's very unique too i've been looking forward to this like i never thought i'd be able to get her as a guest i know i i remember uh several times saying i wish i could have her i did and i thought you know she is kind of famous well she is famous yeah especially in that realm um she's this prolific author and i remember hearing her on coast to coast am and she was talking about edgar being her guide and i'm thinking what i actually contacted her years ago and said Edgar's my husband. (laughs) She was like, probably like, this girl is crazy. But I'm going to get to talk to her about it. So if any of our listeners want to email in, 
and they have questions you want me to pose to her about this, since I broke it down a bit, I would love to read those emails. And I would ask. I would ask those questions. I'm not going to tell you her name yet because I want the interview to happen first. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to your children. If they start saying crazy stuff to you, they may be recalling their past life. Don't shun it. Talk to them. Have them explain. Have them tell their story. You may find something fascinating in there. I've heard stories firsthand from people who have accepted this from their children and said, tell me more about your sister. Tell me more about this memory. And they ended up learning amazing things. Amazing things. I think we covered a lot in this episode, considering we're not reincarnation specialists. Yeah, I'm not a specialist in anything. <laughs> You're specialist to me. <laughs> You're specialist. Well, so begins February. You know what's in February? Fucking freezing weather. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. My birthday. The one I celebrate every year of my life alone. You can be with me. We'll celebrate okay. together. We'll make it a Valentine's birthday celebration and we'll have Korean. Yes. A buffet of Korean all down my breakfast bar. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. I'll even try to get us a little grill. We can start doing some Korean barbecue right there. I got some, I got a little grill. It's just gas. I mean, like, I don't think we'd start uh, a huge smoke thing in your house. We'll... <laughs> You might have to turn your smoke alarms off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, friends, thank you for being our listeners. Thank you, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts. We have looked at our ranking this year of 2021, and we're holding strong in the uh, number 11 spot of the top paranormal podcasts. It's amazing to me. It is. It's cool. We're in 20 countries now. We're in like 36 or 37 states now of the U.S., I want to give out our info because, you know, we never do that. So if you want to get in touch with us, email us at dothespiritpod at gmail.com in the links of our description. We've got links to SpeakPipe where you can leave us a voicemail message. There's an anchor link where you can go in and leave us a voicemail message. Our email's in there. You can email us. And we ask you to support us. And how you can support us is by leaving us a review on Apple or Stitcher. You can leave us a five-star review. You don't even have to write anything. It's just easy to hit that five-star. Hit that five-star. Get us up in the algorithm so we can be seen and we can grow this podcast and we can try to get up in that top five. And until next time, I'm Virginia. I mean, back. <laughs> and I'm Elvis. I mean, stuff. Bye, guys. To Bye. the spirit podcast. Supernatural science. In I'm ghost. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic, magic.